Hi, from professional migrant women, we are Catalina, Taylor, Lorena, and you are listening to the Undefeated Podcast. Everyone involved in this podcast would like to acknowledge that these stories were told and shared on unceded land. We pay our respects to the many traditional custodians of the land on which we are fortunate to live, love, work and thrive. This is the podcast that unfolds the stories from migrant women who, against all odds, overcame the challenges and barriers of living in a foreign land. We hope the story you're hearing today inspires you to continue to show up, take space and embrace who you are. From the Undefeated Podcast, I am Catalina Neira, and this is our third episode of Season 1. Today's story is about saying goodbye to a loved one when you are hundreds of kilometers away. This story is written by Veronica Duran and read by Deepa Ramakrishnan. The Last Goodbye by Veronica Duran When you live abroad and you say goodbye to your elders back home, you never know if it might be a goodbye for good. Last time I went to Mexico, I said goodbye to my grandmother, and we both knew it was going to be the last time we saw each other. My grandmother didn't have an easy life, like any woman born in conservative Mexico in 1928. She was one of those strong women who overcame obstacles that came her way and hid her emotions from others, lest they would think she was weak. But with me, she was different. She was loving comforting and taught me to appreciate the value of family. The last time I visited her, I tried to spoil her. She was 87 years old and starting to feel the weight of the years and the limitations brought with them. She wasn't able to go out, so we spent a lot of time in her bedroom, as we used to do when I was a kid. I listened to her stories, asked about her recipes and gossiped about neighbors and family friends. The day I left, I took her hands, looked into her eyes and smiled. She did the same. We didn't say anything, but we knew what we were thinking. We shared the biggest, warmest hug and I left without turning back. A year later, I found out I was pregnant with my first baby. I told her the big news over the phone and after that, our phone calls became more frequent. Until one day, when I was seven months pregnant, I missed a call from my cousin at 2 a.m. Everyone living abroad knows that a missed call at that time couldn't be good news. My grandmother was unwell. The diagnosis? A combination of old age and sadness. I made the difficult decision not to make a final visit to Mexico because I've experienced the presence of death very closely and I've seen how it can consume someone from within. I wanted to remember her as she was the last time I saw her. We said goodbye. She asked me to tell my baby who she was and that she loved him dearly. The years have passed and I don't regret my decision because I was with her even across the distance because I know that she wouldn't have liked me to see how she had changed in the last year. But above all, because I was able to tell her how much I loved her and how important she was to me. Thank you, Deepa. Deepa is an HR professional in Melbourne who migrated to Australia six years ago 
from a small coastal town in the southernmost part of India. Deepa is passionate about helping humans live a deeply connected life. Deepa, what are your thoughts after reading Veronica's story? Thank you so much, Catalina, for giving me the opportunity to read Veronica's story. This story reminded me of the passing of my grandfather during COVID and how difficult it was for me to grieve his death all alone in a different country. And that's the hardest part. When you're back home, you have a group of people grieving around you about the same thing or about similar things that you can process your emotions with. But when you're uprooted in a new country, your physical reality hasn't changed when a news from back home gives you something to deal with. So I found it so hard to grieve alone and process my emotions all alone here. What really helped me was the power of community. I found this amazing women's circle that created space for me to be able to bring myself to share vulnerably and to just process all my emotions. And I've witnessed how much that's helped me in my life in Australia. So I want to invite every migrant woman out there to find their support community, to find their women's circles, because we all deserve to feel like we have a safe space and we belong and we all deserve to thrive. Veronica was born in Mexico and migrated to Australia in 2015. She is passionate about education and working with people. Veronica, thank you so much for being here today with us. This is a really special episode for me because it's not only my first episode, but also because this story relates with me 100%. So welcome to the Undefeated Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. And yeah, I'm very excited to be here. That's amazing. We are also really excited to have you here. Uh, we have prepared a couple of questions. And the first question, as we always ask to all our interviews is, Veronica, can you tell us about your journey to Australia? Sure. So I came to Australia because my boyfriend back then <laughs> was Australian. So I have been here for eight years now. I met him 10 years ago in Mexico City. We started our relationship, were together for two years, and then things started to get a bit more serious. So the hard question came. So what's next? We wait for both options because we have Australia and we have Mexico. So pros, cons. And at the end, we decided to come to Australia. So we organized everything, the visa process and all that. And that's how I came here. Now it's time to talk about your grandmother. Please tell us more about her. What was she like and what does she represent to you? My grandmother was, uh, I think she still is, a big, big part of my life. She was living with us since I have memory. My mom was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease when I was very, very young. So basically my grandmother was in charge of my brother and I. So she was the one getting the food ready, preparing lunch boxes, getting ready my hair, the uniform, everything. So. And that was basically until I was seven, eight years old. So I can tell you, she was like my second mom. 
However, she had very clear her role. She never uh, yelled at us, never. So that was my mom. So she still had that role. And my grandmother was the one to go if we had an issue, if we had a problem. She was always there to support me. So she was very, very important to me in my life. How did you figure out how to cope with the loss while you were away? It was really hard. Uh, as I describe in my story, that phone call at 2 a.m. in the morning, it's always that feeling, you know, that something is wrong. So knowing that she she was old and she had some health issues, not major issues, but you know those things. So it was like, I think that transition until I knew that she was getting worse and then uh, until finally happened it, it was like a dream like a bad dream I remember that like doing my life doing my thing like as every day but in the back of on my head I was like she's not well it might happen soon and that's really really hard when finally happened I, and, and I think that part of being away it, it's like doesn't allow you to process the loss properly or it's a very different feeling when I experienced the loss of my mom years ago I remember getting you know her presence was in the house everywhere so opened the door expecting her there and she wasn't there it was devastating and very hard to process as well but it was like the everyday with my grandmother I was living so far and we were not living together anymore so I didn't experience that part of the grief. But in the other hand, I didn't experience the ritual. I didn't experience the funerals. I didn't experience the family coming together and say, sorry for your loss and things like that. So it's very surreal. I don't know. I, I can't find the right words to tell you exactly how it is and how I process everything. I, I think I'm still kind of processing somehow I haven't gone back to Mexico since she died so I don't know how it's going to be to go to my auntie's house and don't see her you know that I think that would be like a big of a shock she was living with her back then so yeah that part I think I haven't experienced that one but I can tell you that I still have this feeling that when something exciting happens to me I always have this instinct to, oh, I need to call her. And then like, oops, she's not here anymore. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Veronica, this is a special one because I was moved by your story. I also lost my grandmother while in Australia and during COVID. So I couldn't fly back to Colombia for my last goodbye. I did use writing as my coping mechanism as well. So I remember I wrote some words which a wonderful cousin printed them along with some photos. And on the date of the ceremony, she gave the small gift to the rest of the family as a token of appreciation in her memory. It was my way of saying goodbye. I have a bottle of her perfume and a couple of her jackets that I asked my mom to save for me. Hoping that somehow smelling like her would provide me with the superpowers I need when facing a difficult day. As you mentioned in your story, strong women like our grandmothers will always have the best advice. 
and her jackets will make me feel warm and safe, just like I used to feel as a teenager when I ran to her house and snuck into her bed. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Veronica. Now it's time to change a little bit the conversation. Can you please share with us a happy memory from your migrant journey? Yeah, um, when I saw that question, I thought about different moments and some of them are related to my stability here in Australia. So I came here with a partner visa, so it comes with a different processes. But one of them was getting the PR with fully working rights and all the benefits, you know. So when I got that one, that was like my biggest achievement from my migrant journey. So getting my PR and then my driver's license, which actually like it happened kind of at the same time. That was amazing, like very happy moment. And then when I when I got my first job, so that was really, really good as well. Getting that recognition, I started as a volunteer. So I'm a huge advocate of voluntary work when you come to Australia. So yeah, it helped me to land my first job opportunity. So that was amazing. And then my citizenship. So yeah, another feeling. It's like feeling more settled, feeling more secure. And starting to feel that Australia is my new home, you know? So mm -hmm. those parts were like the base of my stability here in Australia. And of course, having a family. I have two young children, um, two and four years old. So when they came to the world, it was like very, very happy moment. And everything happened here in Australia. So going through the, you know, the medical system and everything when I had them. Uh, it, it was a whole journey, but it was really exciting and very happy moments as well. We are getting close to the final questions of this episode. So, Veronica, what will be your advice to another migrant woman coming to Australia? It's interesting looking back and see how was it. I can tell you it was, it was really challenging, like coming with no job, no friends, no network. Because yeah, I, I had my husband and, and his family, but it's not a big family. And yeah, having no one, it was very challenging. And I remember him always asking me, are you okay? Are you okay? How are you going? Are you okay? And I was always like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But looking back, I'm thinking, well, he was asking me that for a reason. And he, perhaps, he looked that I wasn't all right, you know? So I think what my first advice would be like, yeah, it's not all right. It's very challenging. It's very stressful. So find your tribe, find your network, find someone you can approach and have that, you know, conversation and say, I'm not doing well. Yeah, I have my husband, but I think because... The whole reason was to come here because he was living here. This is his country. I didn't want him to know that I wasn't feeling like, woo, super happy, super excited. I, I don't know. I think it's just different when you have a friend and can tell all these things. So first advice would be find your tribe, find your people, find a network. Thank you so much for this amazing 30 minutes with us. Now, To wrap up, share three words to describe you after your migration journey. 
well, perhaps it's more than three words, but try to put it in a sentence. I will say that I discovered that I braver than I thought. I also I discovered that I could be more social than I thought, and that I I am definitely more open to know different kind of people, different thought ways of thinking. So yeah, and I think that definitely has been the result of my migration journey. Uh, just made me a different person, I think. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Veronica, for sharing your story, your thoughts, and a little bit of your heart with us. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Veronica. No, thanks, Catalina. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Undefeated Podcast with your host, Taylor, Catalina, Lorena. We hope this podcast somehow provides you with the guidance and the courage that you are looking for at any point in your migrant journey. We have included some links in the show notes that we hope may be useful if you are facing any type of hardship or if you would like to connect with the wider community. That's it for today. Stay tuned for our next episode. Music by Naela Music, edited by Catalina Neira, Taylor Tran, Lorena Duranton, graphic design by Lina Orozco.